This guy, there's a guy from Politico, which right there, I would normally stop anybody talking to me. But there's a guy from Politico who was starting a history. was The best things in history came from Pragmatism Podcast. <laughs> oh, I saw this. And... And wait, is it? It's literally like it's our show, right? Like yeah. he's like each week I'll read a story to a friend or something. Yeah, like that. it's our show except he's going to do the pra- the pragmatism version, which will right. be hilarious <laughs> to try to work that into history. Dave, it might be funnier. And now the, uh, pragmatism discusses the French Revolution. <laughs> I mean, how do you even do it? It's fucking hilarious. Uh, you're listening to The Dollop on the All Things Comedy Network. Now, this is a bilingual American history podcast where each week I, Dave Anthony, Dave, read a Dave, story. Dave, from, Dave, 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 Dave. I was in the middle Dave, of my thing. Dave, Dave. I was in the middle of my thing. I don't think that is going to be the right description for this episode. What are you talking about? Well, because, Dave, I think we're about to get tossed Right in the middle of an old-fashioned pollard. What? I think we're about to have a reverse dollop, you piece of Is, crap. What? Oh, my God. Yes, yeah, so I think, I, think, I think that you are listening to the dollop. This is a, a bilingual American history podcast. And some weeks, I, Gareth Reynolds, lover of bandages, electric car owner... And casual mail receiver reads a story from American history to my friend. Uh, Dave Anthony, who knows fuck all about this. That's, that's right. And called it, quote, his jam pad. Jam pad? I'm the fucking hippo guy. Dave, okay. My name's Gary. <laughs> my name's Gary. Wait. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tiggly Podcast. Okay. This is like Adam. On a five-part coefficient. <laughs> my room. Now hit him with the puppy. You both present sick arguments. <laughs> no sleep tell hippo. No sleep tell hippo. Action part. Hi, Gary. No. I sleep done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> Rona. Rona in the court. November 2nd. Oh, no, I whisper it. November 2nd, 1967. See, it's already different. You're already in my house. It's a little weirder here. Okay? It's festive. Don't touch anything. Okay. <laughs> Do not touch the walls. They're sticky. Anyway, November 2nd, 1967, Lou Walker, short for Llewellyn, and Patricia Ann Fitch, who went by Pat, welcomed their first son, Scott, into the world. Hmm. Lesser known, son David would follow a couple years later, but we don't really care about him. Now, yeah, uh, Scott had a fairly normal childhood. Uh, For instance, while while living in Plainfield, Iowa, it bothered eight-year-old Scott that the state flag didn't fly in front of the local government building. So he did what any normal... Hmm? How old is he? He's eight years old. He's so eight he's years eight. old. He's, he's, eight. He's, eight. he's eight. He's eight, and he's already got issues with where flags are flying. He's like, that piece of well, cloth... Well, Dave, Dave... That, mommy, mommy, that piece of cloth is not appropriately where it should be. Well, Dave, it's, there's not even a piece of cloth, Okay. The, the state flag is not flying in front of the building. And yes, you're right, because he's a born patriot, it irked him. So he did what any normal child would do, hmm. and he collected enough money in a mayonnaise jar to buy one for them. I'm sorry, okay? you, said, you said, so he walked around the town asking mm-hmm. for donations to put up a mm-hmm. state flag? <laughs> it, 
Yeah, and it, and it had a full jar of mayonnaise, and it kept asking for me to throw money in it. <laughs> He said, I mean, a lot of the people thought the child was disturbed when he had like a thing of Miracle Whip. And he was like, mister, will you put a nickel in there for a flag? He's not starting great. Oh, Dave, Dave, he is going to get great. Uh, in 1977, the family moved to Delavan, a small Wisconsin town near the Illinois border, and about one hour from Milwaukee, where Lou had accepted a position as a pastor of the First Baptist Church. Uh-oh. Now, I'm hoping that's a beer you open. Uh, now, Scott Walker was 10 years old when he moved to Wisconsin. There, he worked a summer job flipping burgers at McDonald's. He became an Eagle Scout. And in high school, he ran track and was in the band. But he also developed an interest in politics. So he's just, he so, just sounds like a normal Wisconsin kid. This is just he's a flipping normal... burgers. He's an Eagle Scout. He's running track. He's in the band. He puts money in mayonnaise jars to pay for flags and for, in front of government buildings. It's a regular kid. So in 1985, Scott Walker traveled to D.C. as a part of the Wisconsin-based model U.N. ripoff called Badger Boys Nation. Which I'm sorry? Com- completely sounds like a patriotic boy band. You, we are the Badger you... Boys Nation! What? This is Wisconsin... <laughs> so this is... This, this is, is Wisconsin the model. sending a group of children to be humiliated in our nation's capital. Yes, yes, okay. yes, 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 yes. But under the name Badger Boys Nation. Yeah. Um, so while there, a lot of amazing things happened, but something truly remarkable happened to a young Scott Walker. He met his personal hero, Ronald Reagan. Oh, and God, oh, David. So, what a big moment. Oh, Scott just, Walker. Just infused with douchebag, just... Oh <laughs> well, I won't remember this, will I? Who are you? <laughs> Where is everything? Someone Hello? tell me. Someone tell me an AIDS victim joke so I can get situated. Have you seen the pants? The one I had earlier. Hello. <laughs> He's the one. He. Hey, <laughs> I thought I was the only one who collected nickels in mayonnaise jars. Uh, so Walker graduated from high school in 1986. His high school yearbooks include several photos of him, including one that calls Scott Walker the Desperado. Oh, uh, this was because yeah. he had some stubble on his face. So oh, and I saw the oh. I saw the I saw the picture, and it really I it's hard to call it stubble, but I guess no, he like sounds like a fucking up. cool guy. I mean, basically, you just He's described a, a guy straight out of a Clint Eastwood Western. Like he just came out. And he's just a bad... He had stubble on... A little bit he's of stubble rebel. on his face. He's a rebel. He's, he's basically rebel. just the fucking most badass dude in the West. El and Desperado. Got, uh, thank you. Wow. I, did, I, t- I thought you might push back, but here you are no. right on board. Which no, I, I love this guy. So uh, you're going to love him. Uh, so he went on to Marquette University where he got involved in student government. He became a student senator and led to the impeachment of other student government leaders for spending student government funds on a limo and flowers at the downtown Hotel de Fister during homecoming. I'm so, sorry. Hold up. Cool. Was the hotel, chill. Hold up. Was the hotel called the Fister? Well, Dave, we've talked about this before on the podcast. And, we have? Uh, and yeah, yeah, the, it's the Fister, and it doesn't help that it has a silent P. Does um, everybody know that what fisting is in Wisconsin? You know, as someone who grew up in Wisconsin, it took me leaving to process that we had a place that we called the Fister. And you it was put fine. your fist in a, in a, in a vagina, the whole fist in a vagina. No, no. Is that, a ho- I swear it's a hotel. I swear. Is, it a, is there a special room in the hotel for, is there a washing area? 
I'd like the fist her sweet. Wink, 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 wink. <laughs> ah, yes, sir, of course. With the apparatus. <laughs> uh, so, so, he, so he impeached, he tried to impeach other student government, sure. other student government officials. So he's, it's cool. This no, is a guy you're like, get him in the blood of the country. No, this guy punch. is great because he, he's looking out for money that doesn't fucking matter. I mean, that's the important right. thing is, is you're, if, you're, if you're at a college, you really got to stay on top of that someone bought a limo money and, not, and all, the, all the other fucking money that people actually abusing their power are using. No, go after the other students for having a good fucking time and buying flowers. For sure. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, yeah, he wasn't involved in this group, so that would make you think he was like, I mean, he's the desperado, though. The desperado, that's how the desperado rolls, Dave. He's, he's not, uh, he doesn't believe in laws unless it comes to other students using them for a limo and flowers to go to the Fister. I can't, I and again, can't th- going, going to the Fister on homecoming is really kind of rude. That well, is. it's very rude because you're not going to be walking right for a while. But, but well, you he, lose your virginity at prom. You know what you get on homecoming? <laughs> uh, his political science teacher said that Scott, quote, attended class every day in a three-piece suit. It was like teaching Alex Keaton. That's a Family Ties reference. In case how, and, now how, and now how was he never beaten within an inch of his life? It's hard to explain. I don't have that information let's, in here. Let's just, let's just, what year is this? This is like 1987, basically, 88. Okay. So yeah. if you're showing up to a college class in a suit, you yeah. are the greatest douchebag that has ever walked into the state of Wisconsin. Yeah. I, like, I, you don't want to, like... It, it's not. It's not saying that everybody who wears a suit to class is a douchebag, but the biggest douchebags wear the suits to class. I think and it's safe. it's fucking performative. It is just yes. nonsense. It means well. Nothing. Also, with all that stubble, you're like, who is this guy? Is yeah. he a autumn or a fall? Well, or is that's the same season? I mean, that's the thing. He's got the suit on and he's wearing that, but the face, the face is in 1874. California, and it's fucking right. kicking ass. Thank you, David. Thank you. You're swearing a lot, uh, but I love it. I love every moment of it. So uh, later he ran for student body president and lost, and if that wasn't bad enough, he was then sanctioned for illegal campaigning and called, quote, unfit by the student paper for his, quote, blatant mudslinging. So this is college. <laughs> this, is, this is not... This is college. Uh, and I just want to make that clear that he blatant mudslinging in the college paper. We, we should Can you imagine out. mudslinging when you're running? <laughs> just can't imagine being in school, being like, yeah, fuck this, you know. Uh, he left Marquette his senior year without graduating. He'd earned 94 credits of the 128 what? required for a diploma. Scott says he left to focus on his political career, which seems to be the likeliest outcome. However, uh, he, I mean, he was also, he was known for telling people that he was going to be president one day when he's walking around in that suit. But some people did that, find no. his early exit puzzling and were left to wonder if he was maybe kicked out or asked to leave. That should, that should actually be a crime. Like, if you, yeah. are, if you are younger than, say, 30 and you're walking around saying, I'm going to be president, you should be put in a prison. Like, uh, that's what re-education it, camps should be for. It, it truly is an issue. I, getting involved in politics shows that there's something maybe a little off with you. Saying that you're going to be president and believing it is... It is a. It is seriously. There's like no, a deficiency there. The only worst thing is saying you want to be a stand-up comedian. Like you're just bad people. Yeah, 
Yes, yes, totally agree, yes. Uh, but either way, in 1990 to age 22, Scott Walker ran for a seat in the Wisconsin State Assembly. He lost by receiving less than one-third of the vote. Which, if you're not a math expert, is bad. It's not good. It's not great. But don't worry, Dave. Two years later, in May 1992, a 24-year-old Walker went to Saz's, a smoked ribs barbecue joint on the west side of Milwaukee, not far from Miller Brewery and County Stadium, where the menu boasts that it's, quote, home of Leany's battered cheese curds. But on this night, <laughs> but on this night, Dave, there was more in the air than just curd. You see, it was karaoke night, but it was also the night that Scott met Tonette Tarantino. She was 36 years old, 12 years older than Walker, and had lost her first husband to kidney disease. Now, Scott and Tonette hit it off. Is she out of Laverne and Shirley? Like, what the fuck just happened? What was that name? (laughs) Tonette Tarantino. Is she married to Big Ragu? Like, what's going on right now? (laughs) I mean, you just created, you just said, oh, and also there's this sitcom character from the late 70s. Uh, The name is just. It be developed into normal. I've read it so many times, but you're right. It's absolutely insane. Uh, and Laverne and Shirley, right? In Milwaukee, so it makes sense. So, so anyway, so uh, Scott and Tonette hit it off, and Scott made his move. He wrote on a napkin, and he slid it to her. His note said, quote, Forgive me for being rude, but I've got to go home. Got to get up early for work. But if you want to have dinner sometime. Uh, he included his oh name and number. Oh, my God. That is so hot. It's hot. That she is called so... him a couple days she called him a couple days later, and they scheduled their first date. Now, Dave, Fuck even yeah. hotter. Just a few months later, he took her back to Saz's for karaoke night again. Oh, and this shit. time, he passed another note on a napkin. But I'm going to eat cheese said, curds out of your ass. No, 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 no. Well, you've set the bar too high. This time it said, <laughs> forgive me for being rude, but will you marry me? And he what placed the, a ring on top of the napkin. What in the fuck just happened? This is he a psychopath. This he is the second... Pro- is this the second adorable. date? No, no, this no, is... no, 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 no. This is a few months later oh. on a repeat date. Oh, okay. No, this, this is, yeah, this, it's still insane to propose via a napkin. Oh, what Even a... if it's a callback. What a romantic. Yeah, it's comedically it works for the callback, but the napkin thing, I'm just, it's not great. Um, anyway, six months later on February 6th, 1993, Scott and Tanette got married. February 6th. Which also just happened to be Ronald Reagan's birthday. I gotta take Weird. off. Thanks for uh, no, having no, no. me as a guest well, on Dave, this podcast. Dave, you don't. Dave, you but, don't know um, that he knew that. You don't. That could have been a coincidence. No, he did. He. That's the day he jerked off every day for all day. He let me just. Let me just, just get. Let me. Can I please just check the notes and see if you're right? No, he did. He knew. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. He knew. He did know. It was calculated. I. It was a decision. I, I am obviously a very political person, and I have. Uh, I, I have he- heroes, Eugene Debs. Yes, you know. yes. There's tons Ronald of them. John Brown. Yes. Uh, tons Reagan. of them yes. out there. And, and I would never, ever consider getting married on John Brown's birthday. Because that's <laughs> well, fucking to, crazy. To, to let something like that ever factor in. But let alone to find somebody who's like, yes. Yes, Scott. Yes to that, too. Yes to Reagan's birthday. Yes to you forever, and yes to this Reagan stuff forever. I'm Tonette. Let's do it. <laughs> Say the name again. Uh, Tonette. What is that Ta- name? Tonette Tarantino. Get over it. Good Lord, <laughs> get over yourself. Just because I want to go have some curds and listen to someone do some, you know, red, red wine covers down at Saz's. 
<laughs> with my sweet hubby who's 12 years my junior. Huh? Well, there's some uh, curd air in the... And, I, and so what? Tonight's going to be romantic. I think he's going to pop the question. I'm going to take him to the fister, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, she's 100% fisting him. Oh, for Jesus 100%. No, no, that'll be the government's job. Call that the uh, Ronnie. And, uh, well, did it happen? <laughs> oh. Are you in, doll? Oh. Ma, are you there? I know you're my puppet master now. Uh, at 25, Scott Walker became a member of the Wisconsin State Assembly. He would be elected there every two years for the next decade. Now, Walker made a name for himself by being a young conservative who made frequent appearances on local TV. He supported welfare reform and opposed mass transit. <laughs> it's a good start. Uh, an, opportunity, an opportunity opened up for Walker when people found out that Tom Ament, the Milwaukee County Executive and County Board, had given themselves giant pension backdrops. In addition to their hefty annual pensions, some of them would receive lump sum payments of more than $1 million when they retired. The county executive himself was in line for a backdrop payment of about $2 million. Sweet. So, the, it's very sweet. Get, by the way, get involved in government if you want to make a lot of money. How many times do we have to go over this? I know a lot of people are like, what should I do? Just be the people who don't help the people. That's, That's how right. you make it in this society. Yes. Uh, so the voters of Milwaukee County revolted at this obvious corruption and government waste. Scott Walker campaigned for the new open position on a theme of cutting government and fiscal responsibility. He promised that if elected, he would cut his own salary and cut the fat and waste of the county government. So, Finally. at age 34, at age 34, well, I do also, I always love the, uh, the red herring of, I'm not even going to take a salary. It's like, yeah, you're going to make that up somehow, prick. Um, <laughs> you know, that, that, hey, that hey tr- I can do this without actually taking money from you guys. Trust me, it'll all yeah. be good. Yeah, that old chestnut of like, I don't even need to get paid. It's like, yeah, right. Um, So at the age of 34, Scott Walker was elected county executive of Milwaukee County, the biggest county in Wisconsin, and home to one million people. But he was also now in charge of Wisconsin's biggest municipality. Scott Walker had his eyes set on higher office. As Milwaukee County Executive, he set up annual summer executive rides where he would tour the state on a Harley-Davidson. Now, so much for trimming the fat from the government, uh, because his executive rides covered 1,500 miles, stopped in almost 40 cities, and dipped into the neighboring states of Illinois, Minnesota, Michigan, and Iowa. These trips allowed for Walker to promote Milwaukee tourism and also to get his name out there for a future run for governor. Yeah. Uh, Now, that future run came soon. When Scott Walker started his 2005 executive ride, he was criticized for using county taxpayer funds to tour the state when he was running for the Republican nomination in the 2006 governor's race. Now, he ended up losing the 2006 primary for governor, but he did raise his profile, and he won re-election as the Milwaukee County Executive. He continued his executive rides around the state. However, as a part of his cost-cutting ways, as county executive, Scott Walker banned unnecessary travel for all county employees while taking part in unnecessary travel himself. <laughs> so that's cool. Did, that's, well, can you is... imagine your boss on a Harley being like, hey, come on, only for important things. Now I'll see you next month. We're going to Iowa. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, this, is, this is classic Republican uh, tightening the yeah. strings. Like they yeah. just tight it for everybody else and they're like, but I got to do some shit here. I got to... Well, by the way, I think that's why saying you're not going to take a salary is 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 just such a uh, it's just so blatant because it's like oh, yeah. 
it's just such an easy cover to be like, what do you mean a, a legal donation? I, I don't take a salary, Jack. <laughs> You're talking about. Yeah, no, it's the ultimate um, sign that they're going to fuck up. So some county supervisors took notice of the rides, and they filed ethic complaints about the rides uh, because they were being funded by corporate donations, which they alleged were illegal. But the people of Milwaukee, the people on the Milwaukee County Ethics Board were all appointed by Walker, so his executive rides were okay. Oh, so that worked out. well, that's weird. That's, that's fine. It almost seems like you shouldn't have the politician in charge of everything appoint ethics people to mm. oversee the things that I'm he's not doing. Gonna, I'm well, not going to follow you on that. I mean, it Davey seems... Stub- Davey is stubble. He's not taking a salary. This oh is God. Desperado Walker we're talking about. Bro. I was thinking about the corruption, and now I'm just thinking about him riding a horse through Wyoming. Yeah, there you go. that's where I need you. That's where yeah. I need you. Okay. In 2010, Scott Walker won the Republican nomination for governor, and on his 43rd birthday, he was elected governor of Wisconsin with an easy victory over his Democratic opponent. The new governor was anti-abortion even in the case of rape or incest, anti-gay marriage, believe if, quote, black lives matter, train cops better, end quote, was pro-charter schools, was a a global warming denier, et cetera. He was a real winner. And again, Dave, he loved Reagan, like an unhealthy amount. Like he had a photo of President Reagan on his desk in his dorm room amount. Oh, did Um, you not have that? I did not have that. Oh, I had one for whacking. I had a Uh, Reagan whack area. Yeah, I used uh, to have, uh, I had, so the photos I had in my dorm room were, I had one in the, in the bathroom of Reagan, I had one in the shower of Reagan, I had one uh, at my desk of Reagan, I had one next to the mm-hmm. TV of Reagan, I had one on the mm-hmm. nightstand of Reagan. And you but tried to shoot it. Reagan, that's right? And then one in the closet. Yes, that's right, I tried to shoot <laughs> Reagan. <laughs> okay, I just want to make sure you're that guy. Uh, so Walker took office with the promise to create 250,000 private sector jobs in his first term of four years. Ooh. But after focus, yes, Dave? That's exciting. Oh, that is exciting. Yes, I thought you were right. Okay, yes. No, that's a uh, lot of jobs. That's a lot of jobs. That's a lot of jobs. That's a lot of jobs, Dave. That's a yeah. lot of jobs. Yeah. But after focusing on jobs when running for governor, instead of getting to work on creating jobs, he decided to go after public sector unions, like teachers and state workers well, and those, municipal workers. Those are bad jobs because the money those, comes thank you. from not a private company thank who are the best. You. If you know American history... Private corporations are awesome. Those jobs don't seem to... Uh, it, it seems like they're not able to be influenced, which I feel like is a problem, right? doesn't yes. have the hairy claw of capitalism bleeding it out. If you, don't, if you can't just hold someone's life in your, in your hands in a non-union job and be able to squeeze them to death at any moment, then they're not really employees, Well, Dave, then you're going to love this next part, because within weeks of becoming governor, Scott Walker made national news when he introduced Act 10, also known as the Budget Repair Bill. Oh, I love those. What Act 10 would really do was severely limit the rights of the public sector unions to collectively bargain. So state workers would pay more for their health insurance premiums and pension contributions. This was a major change, since Wisconsin was the first state to grant public sector workers collective bargaining rights back in 1959. It was a clear attack on unions. And Hmm. protesters took over the Capitol building because of it. There was the front page news in the New York Times for weeks. At times, up to 100,000 people marched on Madison. And most determined protesters took over the rotunda of the Capitol building, holding signs, singing, shouting, playing drums. The 14 Democrats uh, refused to show up for the vote. 
So this matters because the state has a three-fifths present requirement to pass any fiscal bill. So since Act 10 was part of the budget repair bill and the Democrats didn't show up, they couldn't vote on it without them. Now, while some in his cabinet were getting cold feet from the enormous outcry, Walker, Desperado, wasn't. Okay? He knew just what to do to inspire his people. It's what he describes as his, quote, brave heart moment. Because we all know William Wallace was virulently anti-union. He hated unions. William Wallace hated unions. So this is from his book, Unintimidated, A Governor's Story. This is from William Wallace's book? Sorry, I should be clear. No, William Wallace did not. He never actually finished his memoir. This is from Scott Walker's book, Unintimidated, A Governor's Story and a Nation's Challenge. But Did Did he wear face paint also? He did, yes, yeah. Yes. Yep. Except his was he would shout premium instead of freedom. (laughs) Um, So this is what he writes in in his stupid book. Quote, after dinner, I reminded them, his cabinet, of the stand President Ronald Reagan took against the air traffic controllers during his first year in office. His actions were bigger than just a labor dispute. They set the tone for his entire presidency. Reagan's show of courage and strength sent a signal that new leadership had arrived in Washington. It sent a message that Ronald Reagan was serious, that he had backbone, that he was going to fulfill his promises, and that he was not going to be pushed around. And the message had an impact far beyond America's borders. His resolve not only stiffened the spines of members of Congress, it also stiffened the resolve of our allies. It encouraged Democratic reformers behind the Iron Curtain. It helped win the Cold War. Oh, fuck yeah, it did. I mean, here's the thing, and people don't realize this, but getting rid of those goddamn, I mean, just crybaby, those fucking, what are they, fly talk boys? I don't know what you call them, the plane talky guys? Sure. Just nonsense jobs and just the whining, oh, there can't be, there can't be one of me handling 10 planes. Fucking shut it, man. Just but, get the job done. Dave, when I read that, the whole section, for I thought, what will that do to your head? And, and I like the way you're taking it. You're taking it better than I thought you would because it seems a bridge too far for most of it. And no, then he talks about how not. it helped to win the Cold War. It, of course thought, it did. And I thought that was absurd. But here you are. Okay. Yeah, no. You're pointing just out. put the fucking P. It's so, okay, this is the problem with you reading the stories. You don't put sure. together things. So you're a new president. You destroy a union of men and women who are just trying to better their lives and make things. And I and I want to point out very, very specifically, make things safer for people flying in airplanes. Right. And once you get rid of that union, now they're out of the way. Now, what can you do? Fight the Soviet Union. It's a two tiered plan. That's right. First, we get rid of the air traffic controllers. Then Gorby. That's right. And they're, again, talkie plane guys. I wouldn't call them talkie plane guys. You're right. Sure. Um, Okay. So that was from his book, Unintimidated. Well, even if his book was unintimidated, Dave, he was intimidated. The governor wouldn't walk through the Capitol entrance anymore. He had to enter the building through a utility tunnel that linked to the Capitol from the parking lot. One Madison City Councilwoman reported the tunnel entrance was guarded by police officers. She saw Governor Walker's wife, Tanette, whisked into the tunnel and described it as, quote, all very men in black. Look, um, the, 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 the sign of a great leader is one who has to burrow into his office every day. Mm-hmm. Totally, that's when yeah. you know, like a fucking mole, like that's when you know you're killing it, when you're mole entering your office in the state capitol. 
That's out. I, Dave, you, you, I, I, I would have gone with Squirrel, but I think Mole's better. You're, you're <laughs> nailing it. Um, so in the wake of the big protest, Scott Walker got a call from David Koch, a big-time Walker donor. Uh, well, it actually wasn't from David Koch. It was a prank call. But Uh-oh. still, Scott Walker spoke to the prankster for 20 minutes and never realized that he wasn't actually talking to David Koch. And this is my favorite part about a baseball. That would be the only, if you heard that I was going to talk to him, that would be the only reason why is we would only do it if they came back to the Capitol with all 14 of them. Then my sense is, hell, I'll, I'll talk. If they want to yell at me for an hour, you know, I, I'm used to that. I, I can deal with that, but I'm not negotiating. Bring a, bring a baseball bat. That's what I do. <laughs> I have one in my office. You'll be happy with that. <laughs> i got a slugger <laughs> with my name on it. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. Yeah. If there are protesters out there, and, 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 and you're a Reagan, uh, John Wayne type guy, you get a bat. Yep. And you just fucking clear them out because that's who yep. you are. You're a fucking yep. badass. You got a little bit of stubble on your face. You wear suits. You're everything that Batman is, essentially. He's Go just in there just like throwing bat haymakers going, where's your radar now? And everyone's like, what is he talking about? Why is he? That's a, quite a callback. Goodbye, uh, Soviet you- Union. <laughs> Farewell, Iron Curtain. Uh You're probably wondering how the prankster got connected to the governor so easily. Well, he did this by saying things that David Koch would actually say. The fake Koch brother said the governor couldn't return his call because, quote, my goddamn maid, Maria, put my phone in the washer. I'd have her deported, but she works for next to nothing, end quote. And he was put right through. Shut the fuck up. So when he's talking to his secretary, she's like, can he call you back? He goes, he can't call me back because my maid, Maria, I'm going to have her deport. Like, he just said uh, abhorrent things and the secretary was like oh for sure that's him that's no, david that's Koch. no that's right so you just if you're a uh, a prankster trying to get through to any republican just say mean things about non-white people and they'll be like oh, yeah this is our guy yeah just attack class and race in two <laughs> sentences and then you'll be like hello governor of the con- the nation or the state um so in the end uh republicans just uh took the union provision act 10 out of the budget which allowed them to vote on Act 10 without the Democrats. And so now they could simply pass it. And That's they it? did. That Hooray! Yes, that was it. They- so it turns out you could just change the laws and then get whatever you want uh, by just, you know, yes. fuck it? Yes, yes. As you'll see, Dave, it's very easy to just change the laws. Huh. Um, so Walker signed Act 10 into law. Act 10 was challenged legally, but the Wisconsin Supreme Court upheld the new laws. This move would hurt many occupations in Wisconsin. And like anything else, it's really the ripple effect. For instance, in education. This affects teachers' benefits and pays. So then the teachers start looking for better jobs. That sometimes takes them to other states with better deals. Then there's those vacancies are filled with lesser trained educators. And then the kids get worse schooling. And then they grow up dumber. And then we're in 2020 arguing about masks. And uh, Oh, and also I should point out that fiscal hawk Walker later that year passed a major tax cut that helped transfer $2.33 billion of wealth over the next 10 years to the corporations and the rich. That's my hawk. <laughs> Just fiscal hawk. Taking, taking millions of dollars and dropping it into government homes. It's almost like you had to get rid of the unions to pull that kind of shit off. Hmm. Yes, and and it, I gotta say it it is shocking to me how terms like uh, 
right to work and deregulate oh, yeah. how these how these terms are not just constantly poked through how we're not like how we just don't i immediately identify them as terrible plans for anyone who's not rich mm. and yet it keeps happening um anyways there was a backlash uh, the Democrats have begun gathering signatures on recall petitions against all eight eligible Republican state senators and Scott Walker. Republicans responded by attempting to recall all eight eligible Democratic state senators, arguing that they had shirked their duties by not being present for the vote. In the end, the two, uh, two GOP senators lost their seat, state senators lost their seat, and the Republicans in Wisconsin maintained a narrow majority. Uh, so, and more good news, Dave, Scott Walker won his 2012 recall election. He was yeah. the first governor in American history to survive a recall. Yes. You um, know why? Because he's fucking good at his for job. Schwart- except for Schwarzenegger, who survived a total recall, if you remember. That's an important, I don't, I don't want to, you know, put a footnote on my own stuff here, but he, Schwarzenegger off. also survived. Yeah, well, it's understandable to take off, but I don't mind doing it alone. And I stand by what I said. Stand by what I said. Uh, later that year, a video surfaced of Walker talking to Diane Hendricks. Hendricks is the richest woman in Wisconsin with a net worth of $8 billion. She donated over half a million dollars to Scott Walker's recall campaign to help him, uh, which made her his single largest donor. Now, in the video, she asked him about making Wisconsin a right-to-work state, i.e., a state where employees are not forced to join unions or pay union dues, thus slowly taking away union strength. Which I know you're very into, Dave. And I love always, it. I love it. You, you know don't why? like the unions. Yeah, yeah, because if unions are around, then people uh, don't get fucked. And that's not what America is. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Governor Walker responded to her question by saying, quote, Well, we're going to start in a couple weeks with our budget adjustment bill. The first step is we're going to deal with collective bargaining for all public employee unions because you use divide and conquer. That opens the door once we do that. Which he just said that is, part. It's and 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 it, when you watch the video, the camera is right there. <laughs> like it's not like someone was hiding behind a pillar with their iPhone. This is like a news camera filming this conversation with close-ups. Yeah, and he says it. Yeah, it's crazy. But this is this is the kind of shit Reagan said. Like they're just they're they're not hiding evil at any time. They're just it's, all all Republicans are doing is just relentlessly and constantly peeling off new layers of their face to reveal an even eviler and bloody mask. That's all that. It's just nonstop. They have to wonder, like, they have to, I mean, they have to laugh at us. They have to. They have to be like, holy shit, we are so lucky that people are so useless. Um. Anyway, so that was recorded, but Walker still somehow, after, after that tape, after everything, presented himself as a man of the people. He regularly tweeted out photos of his brown bag lunch to show off his frugality. His favorite was a simple <laughs> ham and cheese... His, his favorite was a simple ham and cheese sandwich. <laughs> I know! It's just... It's, it's, just, it's so... There, there's a, a stupidity in America that is just so... Just loves this simplicity. Reagan on the horse. Like, yeah. he, he guy has nothing to do with fucking Except horses. Brown, brown bag uh, lunch. A, a, a guy yeah. bringing a brown bag. You're like, I used, to, I used to have brown bags, and I still do sometimes. Bush on the air carrier in a, um, a flight suit saying mission accomplished. A man who never did shit. It's just, <laughs> uh, I, yeah. Fred Thompson was an old, I think, senator. He used to drive around in a pickup truck. And it's just all yeah. just... 
you just like fuck off. All you do is evil, and then you carry around a brown sack, and everyone's like, oh, man, that's great. Well, and this is the guy who wore suits in college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, totally. Yeah, and, yeah, well, yeah, whatever. Uh, but he, his favorite was a simple ham and cheese sandwich, but I do bet that if you open that ham and cheese sandwich, there's just hundreds in there. Um, so Scott Walker was a diligent politician who played it by the book. He tried to make all the right moves. He put in the work. He even, but he, a lot of times he couldn't stick the landing. Like one year when he was county executive, he reached out to a Jewish group about displaying a menorah at the Milwaukee County Courthouse. He asked a prominent ter- attorney in town to reach out to the Lubavitch uh, of Wisconsin. Uh, Scott Walker signed off his letter with, thank you again, and Molotov. You heard me right, David. <laughs> Thank you again, and by the way, I'm going to burn down your fucking temple. Hey, by the way, thank you, and here's a threat. Hold on a sec. I want a whole menorah set up, right? Right on the state capitol. <laughs> and once we get that, when we're done with that, I'm going to burn down your fucking temple, okay? Or, Are you or no, he, had, he, he was the first guy to make the Mazel Tov cocktail, which is where he put the menorah <laughs> on the bottle of gas, <laughs> and he lit all eight candles, and he goes, what a miracle, and then threw it. <laughs> Um, I mean, you know, he is sort of an idiot, obviously. Um, Anyways, in 2014, Walker, because he had a brown bag with a sandwich in it, won re-election and another four-year term as governor. After being elected governor three times in four years, Walker was on a roll. He built up a national reputation for being tough and taking on the unions. Yet again, his sights were set on higher office. In January 2015, Scott Walker spoke at the Freedom Summit in Des Moines, Iowa, where presidential hopefuls become contenders. The crowd appreciated his Midwestern frugality and gave him a standing ovation. Some national pundits declared him an early frontrunner for the Republican nomination. He also had the receipts. In his time as governor, aside from turning Wisconsin less union, he had challenged gay marriage, pushed for more voter ID laws, proudly rejected $38 million in federal Affordable Care Act money, and had even signed a bill into law that required any woman seeking an abortion to have an ultrasound so they see the image of the unborn child before making their decision. You know, this white was, guy stuff. And this was, uh, this was all stuff that they loved at the Freedom Conference. Yes, yes, it is. I, so the, which, like, <laughs> you, you, for me, you could look. We could parse the religious aspects of this forever because religion is obviously such a cancer in political decision making. But again, what I never understand is how someone being like, "I'm fighting for union," "I'm fighting against unions," makes people go like, "Yeah." I just don't understand on any. Like, I don't understand how. You like as a conservative, you hear that and you're like, "That's right, yeah, yeah." They shouldn't be like. It seems like such a uh, an American thing, and it seems like the sort of thing that that side would just embrace in totality. Um, Scott Walker's presidential run was a disaster. Uh, He wasn't very good at answering questions, which seems important or seemed important at the time. Like when he was asked how he would handle the threat of the Islamic State, he said, quote, if I could take on 100,000 protesters, I can do the same across the world. It's true. Which which the more I read, the more I fall in love with. (laughs) Because he snuck into the Capitol and they were peaceful protesters. Which Which is the biggest problem with what occurred is... Peaceful protesters ain't going to do it against what you're fighting. You got to fight fire with fire. And peaceful protesting and laws aren't going to work against breaking the law and evil. And he does think that those protesters are no different than ISIS. 
Probably fair, but okay. Well, when asked what it would be like to actually send troops into battle, Walker brought up his experience as an Eagle Scout, which, Dave, I think we would agree any war veteran will tell you that it's basically the same thing. Well, when you're, when you get, I don't know how far up you got in Cub Scouts, uh, but when you get up to the. We below. Okay, so when you get up to the Eagle Scout, Eagle Scout level, you are deploying troops. So when I, when I was an Eagle Scout, I actually sent troops to Boise, Idaho to attack there. So it's, it's All a- right, Weebelows. <laughs> I know you're 789 and you're just working on your Pinewood Derby cars, but today's the day we put some hair on that chest and screwed them. Today we're fighting a war. What do you mean? We're going to Kandahar. What? We're dropping you off in Kandahar. You're going to capture and kill Osama bin Laden. You come back with five ears of your kills, or you do not get the badge. I want this five the, ears. This is a lobe merit badge. This is the hardest one to earn. This means that you got five ears on your necklace. Uh, we're eight. Yeah. 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 That's right. And yeah, that's, why, that's why we're using beads right now to make necklaces. But what we're talking about is what comes after you've made your bead necklace, which is a fun thing that we do. Kiss your mama's goodbye. You deploy at midnight, gentlemen. What? <laughs> yeah. Just, I mean, okay, so yeah, his, president, his presidential run sucked. Everyone was like, what is he talking about? So he quit the race soon after. But after Scott Walker's failed presidential run in 2015, he remembered he was still governor of Wisconsin. Oh. And Scott had to rehabilitate his image after spending so much time neglecting the state to focus on a presidential campaign, campaign that fell totally flat. Uh, he was also caught in a scandal of abusing the state airplane. So he spent almost $1 million flying around a state with a population just north of $5.5 million. <laughs> in 2016... You, it's not... You can really just drive around Wisconsin. I don't know if anybody's ever tried that, but it's pretty it's, fucking easy. It, 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 okay. In 2016, he flew 351 times. <laughs> just think of that... I think he the might. I think he might have just been getting in the plane, flying and taking off, and then landing at the same airport again, just because he needed the <laughs> he rest. Just, yeah. Pretend, okay. So uh, some of the flights were obviously crucial, though. I don't want to like just say that he was just wasting money. Some of the flights were crucial. No, you had to go well, look at the moose now, and the cheese. One, well, it, the sweet smell of cheese curds from Saz's. Um, <laughs> One Wisconsin now says, uh, quote, in February 2016, Walker had a, sta- had a state plane sent from Madison to pick him up in Milwaukee after getting a haircut and attending a personal event to fly him to a National Rifle Association conference. So that is, Dave, a $2,586 haircut. Right, but hold uh, on. But if you see his hair, you yeah, get Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't show up to an NRA meeting looking all shaggy. Like looking gotta, all desperado. Yeah, yeah. You got to fucking, you got to trim that shit down. I mean, we're talking about guns yeah. and just killing people. So you got to have a nice, tight cut. When you appear, when you look like a euthanized mole, yeah. it's important to have the right do, you it, know? Fuck yeah, it is. Now we're talking. So it's worth it, right? So the stuff yeah. that you're, I call this purity and nitpicking. But uh, yeah, that's yeah. fair. These are, these, I I'm should, hearing I'll go fine, easier. Fine reasons to travel is all I'm hearing. Okay. Well, with President Trump now in the White House, the left was energized. And it, it was going to be a tough race to be reelected governor in 2018. It was right around the corner. So Governor Walker needed to hit a home run. 
Now, he had that pesky pledge to create 250,000 jobs in his first term. And well into his second term, he was far short of that goal. So on July 17th, uh, on July 20, in July 2017, Governor Walker traveled to Washington for a major announcement at the White House alongside President Trump, Vice President Pence, Speaker of the House Paul Ryan, and Terry Goh, the founder and chairman of Foxconn. What a great big combo. That's just, that's just it's, a, a great combination of people. I, I, you know, when you, see, when you see those guys together, you go, I think we're just one horseman of the apocalypse short. Yeah, yeah. We're, I mean, we're killing it. Right there, we're fucking killing it. Like, that's just, like, how can America not work? It's a power squad. Yeah. It's a power squad. Yeah. Uh, the big announcement they were making was that Foxconn would be building a major $10 billion oh. factory in southeastern Wisconsin to manufacture LCD panels. Yes! Now, get those nets up! Well, Dave, we'll get to that. Okay. Um, uh, more at 11. Uh, Walker bent over backwards to win the Foxconn deal and promised it would bring 13,000 jobs to the state. The investment from the state would be $3 billion in subsidies. Oh, hold on. It would be the fourth. Wait, can I stop you there? Why don't it's not you math. Take... Don't, don't do math. Okay, no, I'm just going to say, why don't you take the, the $3 billion in subsidies? Nope, stop. Nope, nope, nope. Enough. And, nope, I'm cutting you off. And, Cut his mic. And just do, infra- Cut his mic. And just do infrastructure Dave. projects. Cut his mic. To Dave, make your ba, ba, state ba, 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 better, ba, 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 and then that's thirteen thousand jobs. Ba, 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 that's thirteen thousand jobs. Quiet. Shush, 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 Knock, knock. Who's there? Shut the fuck up. I was just saying, there's an extra middleman there that doesn't need to be there. Dave, it you sound crazy. Okay. Okay. Listen to me. They're going to bring thirteen thousand jobs to the state potentially. All it's going to cost them is $3 billion. Right. So I'm saying why not just hire people for that $3 billion? I'm saying no, just get rid of the... No, that doesn't make sense. No, no. Because listen, because Foxconn promised the annual salary of these 13,000 jobs would be $53,000 plus benefits. Oh, so you're making kings. I mean, essentially you're making 13,000 so, kings. So <laughs> with the $3 billion subsidy, that basically tells you that each job costs the state $231,000. Or as I call it, a win. This is why I was saying that you can't just take government money and build infrastructure projects or build out the Internet. Like, there's no reason to actually do something that can help the state when you can create a a fake phone company that's not going to do anything and spend $250,000. You're being unfair. Just burn money. It's burning it, money, no. and the burning money is good because it's not because it's not public waste, motherfucker. That would actually make a lot of sense for Foxconn to just propose doing that. Like we're a burning money factory. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. Um, so the three billion dollars subsidy is the fourth biggest investment deal incentives deal in American history, and it's the largest government handout to a foreign company ever. Yeah, President right. Trump said it would be quote the eighth wonder of the world. And can you boy, disagree with that now? Can you disagree with and, that? And boy, is he kind of right. <laughs> Okay, so a little about Foxconn. Foxconn is based out of Taiwan and is the world's fourth largest technology company by revenue behind only Apple, Samsung, and Amazon. It ranks ahead of Google and Microsoft. Great. Now, even if you haven't heard of Foxconn, you've certainly used their products before. Foxconn is a contract manufacturer, which means it makes products for other companies. They manufacture televisions, Kindles, iPods, iPads, iPhones, Xboxes, Nintendos, Playstations, and Blackberries. The most important things to our civilization. Mm -hmm. Now, 
Now, by some estimates, Foxconn manufactures almost 40% of all consumer electronic products worldwide. But being such a massive producer of goods isn't easy, especially on the employees. This is what you were alluding to. For instance, in 2009 at a Foxconn factory in Shenzhen, China, a prototype of the new Apple iPhone went missing. Foxconn's internal investigation pinned the missing iPhone on Sun Danyang, a 25-year-old college graduate who graduated from one of China's top technology universities. Mr. Sun Sun swore he didn't take the missing iPhone. Foxconn security guards intimidated Mr. Sun and beat him. He sent a desperate text to his girlfriend, quote, Dear, I'm sorry. Go back home tomorrow. I ran into some problems. Don't tell my family. Don't contact me. I'm begging you for the first time. Please do it. I'm sorry. He then jumped from the 12th floor of his apartment building to his death. China Labor Watch, a watchdog that, group that keeps an eye. That's just yes, business. That's, that's just how business is. Like, that's, that's business. I'll tell you what. The heroes at Foxconn showed up the next day and kept working. How about that? That's right. Because they care okay. about the fucking company, and they care about the company being making product and getting it out there. That's what yeah. employees care about. They care about getting phones made. Well, and I know when they were there, they were like, come on, guys, Wisconsin's depending on us. Yeah. Um, so China Labor Watch, a watchdog group that keeps an eye on Chinese factories, said that Mr. Sun's suicide, the above suicide, was due to Foxconn's, in, quote, Foxconn's inhumane and militant management system, which lacks fundamental respect for human rights. He also threw which, himself off, He also got thrown off a building. Well, fair. <laughs> um, Foxconn I mean, has on. factories all over the... Uh, fo- yes, yes. I mean, but... It it is, I mean, it is just so crazy. Like we do a very good job of um, ignoring the connection to yeah. the lives of people who give us all the products and things that people are so spoiled by. And and you think about fucking Christmas, like what's coming up, the amount of screened devices that are about to be handed out, and it's it's built on the back of slave labor. And I know we know that, but it is. It's crazy. Foxconn mm-hmm. has factories all over the world, but its largest, known as Foxconn City in Shenzhen, China, it has as many as 450,000 people working at Foxconn City, and about a quarter of them live in company dorms inside the corporate compound, great. which every time I read it depresses me oh, that sounds more, great. And more and more. You're with your friends. So, you never have to how leave. How long until Amazon is doing that? But how much time are you saving if you never have to leave your office? Like you work, you you work for an insurance. Say you work for uh, an insurance company, and they set you up a little bunk and maybe a place to play handball, and you get a cafeteria there. Why do you need a house or like a place? Some people say you need sunlight, but I think Foxconn's shown us that uh, you don't need free range workers. Yeah. Plus, we got to think about the future, and we're going to have to evolve into being mole people. So this is all a very... Scott Walker's ahead of us. Yeah, this is all very good. Yeah. Um, so, but honestly, it's fucked up. 18 Foxconn workers attempted suicide in 2010 by jumping from the Foxconn buildings. Almost all of them died. The body of Ma Jingyan, age 19, was found on the ground in front of his dorm building at 4.30 in the morning. Mr. Ma had been working 11-hour overnight shifts to fuse electronic parts together every day of the week. After a dispute with a supervisor, he was demoted to cleaning bathrooms. Payroll records, this is insane, payroll records show that in the last month of his life, Mr. Ma worked 286 hours. That included 112 hours of overtime, three times the amount allowed by Chinese law. In total, Mr. Ma earned about $1 an hour. So if anybody doesn't know what that is, that's actually capitalism. That's just uh, the capitalist system at work. Yeah. That's why, like, 
yeah, that's just, that is why when people defend, when you see the Democrats defending capitalism and saying they are actually capitalists, it's like, I mean, capitalism is a heroin addict. Like, it's coming back for more. It's not, you cannot, be, this idea that you can rein it in, or it's just, it is a heroin addict talking to you to get its next fix. Yeah. And it's been living like that for so long, and it keeps getting worse. So eventually Foxconn addressed the issue and surrounded all of its tall buildings with safety nets to prevent worker suicides. There you go. Um, which is the solution. Obviously, called- the solution is not to give people rights or to respect the uh, labor laws. It is to uh, put a net out there. It's called the social, uh, cool. social safety net. That's right. <laughs> so that's it's what a, that is. I've been hearing a, yeah, about that's that. What you, wondering where it was. Around. Yeah, yeah, that's they finally have a social safety net there for uh, the workers. The government's G spot, really. That's great. Uh, and just to be clear, Dave, this is the company that Governor Scott Walker was paying three billion dollars to to bring to Wisconsin. Uh, so, oh, Fox- whoa, 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 whoa! You yeah. say that you, you do this whole fucking blah blah blah. People don't get, and then you just gloss over the fact that we're talking about thirteen thousand Wisconsin jobs. That the, That's he's, right. He's yep. making fifty fifty three thousand dollars a year. All it's doing um, is costing the state two hundred fifty thousand per person, and it just leads to just su- mass suicides. So I it don't makes sense see... per job, not per yeah. person. By the way, per job. Okay, oh, per job. there's a difference. Okay, I apologize. Um, Foxconn announced that they would build their factory in Racine County, just south of Milwaukee. Now, Dave, as the ultimate dollop reporter, I was lucky enough to talk to State Senator Chris Larson, who still laments this deal. I talked to him on the phone for about 20 minutes, and he told me all about the concessions the state was making to have this deal happen, and they're pretty crazy. Foxconn wanted to have their own airport. They wanted priority for roads. If they had a dispute at the local level, they wanted to be able to go directly to the Supreme Court. Foxconn was the largest corporate giveaway in American history, stepping over public rights. They were allowed to bulldoze communities for eminent domain, meaning if your home was where they wanted to build, you moved. The state would also exempt Foxconn from many of the usual environmental rules. Foxconn would not have to prepare an environmental impact statement. They would be able to discharge materials into wetlands. They could reroute streams. They also were allowed to take 7 million gallons of water a day from Lake Michigan. Larson told me that it was promoted as a, quote, game changer and that all of Wisconsin businesses would benefit from this deal. So you, so you don't know what jobs are. Is that what I'm hearing from you? You don't understand you're, how fucking great it is to up. have a job? Because what you're talking you, well, about is people who are going to get jobs and pay taxes into the system. It's a, it's the a win-win. Is, the system is good. The system is good. You are right. Um, but the, uh, the th- 7 million gallons of water a day blew my mind as well. Um, now, Dave... Are you sitting down? Will you sit down? Um, So unfortunately for Wisconsin, Foxconn quickly started to break its promises. Now, here are some numbers from Urban Milwaukee, who have been doing an incredible job of reporting on Foxconn, especially reporter Bruce Murphy. The $10 billion factory they promised to build shrank to $9 billion. Foxconn had pledged to build a Gen 10.5 plant, which manufactures 75-inch screens, but they soon said that they would be building a Gen 6 plant, which would manufacture 39-inch TV screens. This would result in a much smaller plant. However, the $3 billion in subsidies thankfully grew to $4.1 billion, <laughs> which just makes sense, Dave. So Foxconn, Foxconn I, I think because they were like, people are like, this is a crazy deal. Uh, Foxconn promised that it would gift the University of Wisconsin-Madison with $100 million. So during the summer of 2018, which, by the way, that is, is that not... 
Is that not why the, doesn't the state just give the, the college money? What? It's all. It's just. That, it's such a fucking grift. It's like our entire country is built to just be a fucking grift machine where people just come in and go. How much can we fuck over everybody giving tax money to the government? How much can we just go f- just fuck the shit out of them? How 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 bad? Can it get? How much will people take? Let's see. Let's test it. No, honestly, how like it, it? It's like how deep does the dicking go? Like how deep can it go? And every year we're like, they got another inch in. Until yachts are on fire, it doesn't stop. Oh, that's well. There, we have our title. <laughs> um, <laughs> But it, to me, it also is a little bit like the, I'm not going to take a salary. I bring a sack. It's like, just take the fucking salary and don't be a corrupt piece of shit. It's like, don't give the $100 million. Just make, do good. Do good for the state. And but then he, you don't have to give $100 million. He doesn't want to take the salary because his whole thing is to destroy government. Oh, yeah. And he's getting tons yeah. of money from the Koch brothers. Tons of money. Of tons of money. Tons and tons of money. So during the summer of 2018, media reports revealed that despite Walker's frequent mentions of jobs paying $53,000 a year, Foxconn would be able to get away with paying 93% of its workers $30,000 a year (laughs) and still meet the job creation requirements mandated by the state of Wisconsin for subsidies. $30,000. In Wisconsin, a family of four earning $30,000 a year can qualify for food stamps. So 93% of the jobs right away... Are not what you were told. Of course not. And yeah, so there you go. So that's good. Not. But at least the but subsidies went up remember, to 4.1. And I've, I've said this before, and I'll say this again the government wastes money, and private corporations run a tight ship. That's true. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, that, that's why like, people are obsessed with uh, you know, business people running our country. But it's like, yeah, but these business people also got there by being insanely corrupt. Yeah, no, business people got to – I mean, Mitt Romney is the fucking devil, and he is considered yeah. like the left oh. wing of the Republican Party. They're all yes. fucking bad people. The, the Democrats are just littered with human monsters. They, they don't fucking care to get – Amazon out of uh, or to not have it come in and do the same shit because this is what Amazon does everywhere. You have to fight the Democrats and the fucking Republicans, which is what yeah. they did. Will, which is what they did in in New York and all that stuff about AOC and all those people stopping Amazon. This is what they were stopping in in yeah. New York. This is what they were stopping. This is a fucking yes. nightmare. Yeah, no, it's true, and uh, people get. Uh, you know, people are like no, but it would right around my house, my home prices would go up, and it's like yeah, it. For sure, for a minute, makes sense and helps you. But long term, no. the insustainability of companies on this, it's just, it, I don't know when it comes crashing down, but holy fuck, is it going to be crazy. <laughs> um, but, okay, so even if you did get one of these jobs where you would get $30,000 a year, they yeah. weren't dream jobs that they were promised. Oh, Employees found that, uh, believe it or not, employees found it very weird that they had to bring their own supplies to work, even pencils. Quote, well, one, of the, one of the largest companies in the world, and you have to bring your own pencil. The story kept changing as far as what they would be making. One of the- <laughs> hey, look, uh, fellas, uh, we were just doing the numbers, and we're going to have 13,000 sure. employees. And Great. if we give them pencils, uh, mm-hmm. just, just crunching the numbers, per year, that's going to cost us about $600. 
Well, they'll just bring their own pencils then, I think. Oh, shit. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Uh, uh, end of meeting. You guys want to get some margaritas uh, on actually, the house? Uh, what's up, Jim? I, I do want to get margaritas for sure for free yeah, yeah. because okay. everything's for free. But um, some of the employees were saying they were having difficulty breathing. Mm-hmm. And um, they want some sort of apparatus that will help uh, some respirator or something like that. Uh, we could either do that, which is going to cost us around $25,000 a year, oh. or we can give them the hold your breath holiday bonus, hey, uh, which is where if you're able to hold your breath most of the year, at the end of the year, we'll give you a $25 gift certificate to Sam's Club, Jim, which will a, get you a big thing of uh, pretzels. I actually, have a, I actually have an answer that'll kind of combine everything. Uh, sure. If we can have them stab themselves in the back with the pencil through to their lungs, it'll give them another place oh, that's to breathe. Great. So they'll be able to breathe. And we'll, what we'll back. say is we're enriching your body mm-hmm. with another air hole. Yeah, well, that's what we are. Fox, at Foxconn, we're pro more than one air hole. I have one more question. Who altered a salted rim? Did you guys want salted rims or did you want non-salt? Because let's fucking party. <laughs> I love it. Oh, the other day I put $1,000 in my ass to see what it felt like to poop money. Is let's, that normal? Let's get the jet up in the air. Let's just fly around. Let's crash the jet into a homeless shelter. Yes! Yay! So, um... Now, uh, the last quote was saying the story kept uh, changing as far as what they would be making. And the reason for that is because, Dave, they seriously, seriously had no clue what to do or make. They, it's what? almost like they won the lottery. They thought about becoming used for fish farming or maybe they could Wait, export what, ice what, cream. What, what? Fish farming? What are you talking yeah, about? They were like, they, uh, uh, I can't remember what kind of fish, but they were talking about, because they have all this land. They have all this land now, and they don't know what to do. They're sort of building on it, but they also are like, well, what can we do? What's around here? <laughs> and like, fi- like fish. So they were like, we could do fish. But then they also, they thought they could start exporting ice cream. And then eventually, and I believe they did for a while, they just started storing boats on it. So they're just this huge company <laughs> so- that is like, we're going to build all these screens and all these electronics, and we're going to give all these people jobs. And then they just have land because they were able to plow because of eminent domain. And they don't. They literally don't know what the fuck to do. So Wisconsin and started decades ago as a place where people just had boats on land, mm-hmm. and then after mm-hmm. all this, they give away five billion dollars, and it's back to a place where they just are storing boats on land. Four point one billion, but everything else is accurate. Um, they, I they love truly that they no don't idea. know what to do with it. They're Dave, just like, well, fuck, Dave, we got all this land. Dave, I get that. I get that we make we make iPads, but here, hear me out. Hear me out. Mink farm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, what are we gonna do with those land? I don't know. I don't know how to do minks. Well, let's just fucking start but, making them. Maybe we could make the world's biggest marble circle. Holy Wouldn't shit! Be fun. Oh no, for we kids got to play marbles. Then you know why we got the land for that. You know what else we can do? Just burn. What? We can burn it and just, I guess, make sm- it smoke. Can you make money from smoke? Mm, I think there's potentially a way. Let's do this. Let's blow it up and see what happens. Oh, shit. I mean, we can blow it up and have a lot more left over because they gave us so much. Holy and plus, shit. a few of them left their pencils behind, so we're in the green and the pencil. Some of them, are, some of them are stuck in people's backs, and we're trying to figure that out. 
Well, they were freeing their lungs. Yeah, yeah, for lung freedom. Uh, not a lot of people recognize that they uh, that that's what that was. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, very important. Um, oh shit! Okay, the solid gold cock rings are here. Hey! Oh, it's cold. Whew. Uh, so a lot of this Foxconn uh, stuff comes from Josh Ziza, who wrote a great article for it uh, in The Verge. So one employee said of these experiments working at Foxconn, quote, I was there, and it's not real. I mean, it's not. This is something I can't talk about ever again because people think you're crazy. Like, none of this could ever happen. How could it happen in the U.S., end quote. Now, what, what do you Fox mean it's Con, not real? What's not real? <laughs> the, the, comp, the job, the company, any of it. He's like, he's like this there's is no, not a company. It's a there's not, there's, they hire people and there's no job. There's like literally nothing to do. They're people just, don't know what to do. Some people are doing some stuff, but it's all like busy work while they figure out what the fuck they're going to do. <laughs> and I'll get to it in a second, but the whole reason why they're hiring people is because they have targets to hit for the subsidies. So, you know, it, it, it is totally crazy. But basically, they're hiring people, and these people just have no clue what they're doing. Foxconn is fucking over a lot of people. They actively recruited foreign students on federal visas to threaten their immigration status and force longer hour and lower wages. Well, you got... Okay, I'm, that's actually good, because you got to squeeze... Look, if they don't do that, they're, they're not going to be able to make money. And they want the American dream? Well, buddy, you got it. <laughs> Um, many people quit their jobs to move to work to Foxconn only to get there to either be fired right away or never get the job or discover that the position didn't exist or get an email being like, wait three weeks and then we'll hire you for another position. Like people were like, what the fuck is going on? Their hiring was insane. Can I just argue uh, this? It's super hard to hire uh, consistently and keep track of hiring people when there are really no jobs to do. So yes, you're, you're kind of saying it's, it's fucked that they were hiring people and then firing people and stuff, but that's a tough thing. I mean, you're literally just hiring that's, people to stand around. So how do you keep Dave, track of all that's, that? That's life in the not a business. <laughs> that's, that's how it goes. Um, this is my favorite quote. One employee said he experienced this a number of times. Quote, the best is when you're in the elevator with someone and then they just scream out of nowhere. They've had enough because things don't make sense here. So that's good. So still not sure what to do. Foxconn, again, they have all this land, they have all this money, so they decided to build innovation centers. Now, this is a place where you could, quote, help inspire innovative ideas. Hey, guys. Dave. Guys, I came up with a name that doesn't mean anything, but we can put it on the front of a building and it'll be a place. Hmm. What is it? Uh, it's called an innovative center. Oh, right. We could put that right next to the Fathom Station. Yeah, yeah. Do you know people who innovate? Yeah, but- I know people who are looking at, uh, to ruminate. Oh, we are actually having a whole rumination conference area. We'll do, uh, we'll do innovation centers, we'll do rumination areas, mm-hmm. and then we'll do the Fathom stations. That's great. Yes. That's great. Um, yeah. And we can have just, we can build a giant office park and they can just all. Yeah, work it'll, be like, it'll be like cosplay for business people. Because so, sometimes they'll need to collaborate, which is also why we are uh, building a collaboration center. We also. could fill their briefcases with uh, fish. We have a lot of those laying around because that never went anywhere. Yep. We got tons Too of fish. Too many. Um, yep. So basically, 
the idea was to make it a WeWork. Um, they basically turned it into WeWorks, and they called it they oh called it God. Blaze. Um, but again, it did. And if you don't understand, if you don't understand what WeWork is, WeWork is there were office buildings, and a guy said, "How can we make money off of office buildings?" So he rented out offices in office buildings and turned them into offices. Yeah. Yeah. And that, well, that's the thing, the article that Josh Zeiser writes that like, it, it really is amazing because I remember when I first heard about WeWork and I was like, I don't get it. And then like a year later, the market was like, we also don't get it anymore. It was just like, but uh, do you, you remember I read, didn't I read you a bunch of quotes from that article when we yeah. were in Brooklyn and it was it's, just, it guy, was just, yeah. The most mind-numbingly insane, stupid idea, dumb man, yeah. tons of money. But it's he made just, a ton of money because and, people were like, people just buy into it. Like people, people are so starved to have careers in this country that they don't even actually realize sometimes that you are just taking play. play like going to WeWork is like kind of like role playing as having jobs, you know, or being in a business. Yeah. Like, there's pasta salad. There are fellow employees. But you're paying to go to work. Like, it just never made any fucking sense to me. Well, you get to rent out your own place uh, as opposed to renting it from someone yes, else. Yes, true. I guess it is. It's a fucking great... It's a great <laughs> if system. He, if, the WeWork, if the WeWork guy wasn't there, what would you do? Rent it from another person? Yes. That doesn't make any sense. You know what? They should have... Also, are there kegs? They should have called it the Foxconn facilities. We don't works. Um, so, so still they're rubbing up against the idea that they just have no idea what to do with their money. They're just killing time. Uh, they essentially, it feels like they're North Korea, the business. Now it was time for the state of Wisconsin to have an election that would very much be a referendum on Walker. The Democrats had nominated Tony Evers to be the state's, who was the state superintendent of education to try to beat Walker. Every poll showed that the election would be a toss up. When governor Walker announced that he was running for reelection, he didn't even mention Foxconn or the Foxconn deal. Probably because each household in Wisconsin was now on the hook for $1,774 to the Taiwanese company. (laughs) So maddening. We have an implicit trust in our government that if, if it were a lifetime movie and it were the person we were dating, we would have left 15 times. I mean, it's an abusive relationship. There's a point that people don't get, and it's what you know, the left always brings up. If, if, if your solution to what is essentially – this is a story of capitalism failing. Capitalism is failing, and it's starting to try and make money in places where you can't make money, and it's eating itself alive. That's what's happening yeah. with capitalism. It is now consuming itself. And, and the problem is, is that there is not a party, an opposition party that says, yeah. hey, there's actually another way to do things. It's called socialism. Yeah. So until there is a party that offers an alternate solution, these elections will always be toss-ups yes. between the guy who is completely and insane and corrupt and essentially a, a money madman. He is a lunatic madman. He is as extreme as a human being can get. There is no more extreme than Scott Walker. Everything you just heard is a fucking madman. And then on the other side is a shade over. So it's like, hey, this guy, this madman believes in this system all based on money. And then, and then the other side is like, well, government's not really that good. 
Yes, yes. And I mean, in every, you are watching pro wrestling. I mean, it is yes. pro wrestling, and you've picked your fighter, and you love your fighter. It is shocking. Uh, constantly shocking. But uh, hours after the polls closed on November 6, 2018, the race was called for Democrat Tony Evers. He won by 1%. The people had chosen a new direction, but the Republican state legislature had started to propose limiting the power of the office of governor before Tony Evers would even be sworn in. Republicans wanted to ensure they could limit early voting in future elections. They wanted to limit the new governor's ability to withdraw the state from a lawsuit challenging the Affordable Care Act. But they needed Governor Walker's signature before he left office. Just like when Walker was first governor, massive protests occurred inside the Capitol building. A former Republican governor urged Walker to not sign the reforms, calling them, quote, completely political and a power grab. A prominent Republican donor in Wisconsin wrote Walker an email and told him, quote, you can have a long, successful career ahead. Don't stain it by this pointless, poor loser action. The Republican donor added, quote, ask yourself, what would my father say? What would the greatest man who ever lived, Jesus Christ, say? And Dave, on December 14th, as governor, Scott Walker signed a bill to limit the power of governor of Wisconsin. So he listened to... Well, that's what Jesus yeah, Christ would say. He was say. a capitalist. He was very, he was very anti-governor. Well, that's why also. there's he all those stories of Jesus taking everyone's bread. Um, right. So when I talked to Senator Chris Larson, he told me that Evers was, quote, hamstrung and unable to govern, and that he was, quote, restricted to be an effective governor. The state Senate could possibly uh, the state Senate could basically fire people in his cabinet and he had no extra veto powers. Scott Walker held a press conference arguing that the kneecapping of the authority of the office of governor of Wisconsin really was no change at all. He stood in front of a giant poster board of a Venn diagram that listed the same powers in both circles. So it said like Walker administration and Evers administration and then their powers underneath it, which were the same. And then in the middle overlapping portion of his Venn diagram, it just said both administrations, same powers which is A, a lie, and B, not how a Venn diagram works. <laughs> At all. He, I, you have to see the picture. You are just like, who, how did it get all the way to the public? They're dumb <laughs> but people. Dave, it's, it's like, it would, I mean, it's, I don't even know why you would consider a Venn diagram a thing if you think this is what it is. Like, you must be like, why are people so obsessed with these things? They're just two things. And on and on the Foxconn bullshit went. Governor Evers wanted to revise the Foxconn deal that Walker had struck, but it was really a moot point because Foxconn couldn't offer up their plans anyway. Their only plan was to ignore the new administration. Evers sent emails that weren't replied to by Foxconn representatives repeatedly in June and July in 2019. The emails were asking super unfair questions like, when will the factory be finished and what the hell will it produce and how many employees will they actually hire? The contract that Walker had negotiated on a piece of his office station paper, uh, stationary paper was performance-based. Wait, what? So, what have I not mentioned wait, that yet? What? Did I not mention that? Oh, yeah, Dave, Dave. He drew the deal up for the $3.1 billion in subsidies on his office paper. When you see it, it's like what a nine-year-old would consider a contract to be. How? How? how I, mm-hmm. Does that make you feel good or bad? Be honest. There, there mm-hmm, is, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there is such a level of stupidity in this country that is, it just, it's fucking mind-boggling. You know, and inst- it's, instead of uh, home of the brave, land of the free, it should just be 
When you're wrong, shout it. I mean... Yeah. Be like, dumb, be loud. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're signing a, a, a contract with T-Mobile to get a new phone yeah. or... But... You, but to, you still want... Lo- yeah. you, there's actually people that yeah. are on all sides of things. And the reason that they're there is so you don't get fucked. Look... And and you're, the whole the whole idea is just self preservation. Like on the other side are lawyers, and then on your side, well, you should probably have someone who speaks and understands. Yeah, that someone is technical yeah, bullshit. Legalese, yeah. And this is like a man. This is like a this is a child. This it, is a a child with a child's understanding of how governments function and how the world's function. And, These are and children. I also think that while he is an empty vessel and he is just simply a skin puppet to put corporate interests into. He also is sticking to this folksy thing. Like I can just imagine him loving the idea that, you know, we drew the Foxconn deal up on a piece of stationary paper in my office, but it is, it is not only a terrible deal, but it is a terrible person who does that sort of thing to the future. Uh, the futures of a state of people. I mean, whether you're whether you're Republican or well, Democrat or a new party or People's Party matters not. You, you, to not be careful and to not really. Ev- I mean, the Foxconn deal just stinks every step of the way, and it probably could have been managed different, and people would have been hurt less if he did actually negotiate a fucking real deal instead of just putting this shit on stationary. And I'm sure eventually they did draw up something. But they both sign it. Uh, Terry Gow, uh, Terry Go, and Scott Walker both signed this fucking thing that literally just says 3.1 so, billion, I mean, they, 13,000 jobs, and that's it. It was like two dickheads spitting in their hand yeah, and then right. shaking and being like, yeah, now we've sealed yeah. the deal. Like, that's Which is, li- by the way, still how, how uh, Scott Walker shakes hands during COVID. Not a lot of people know that. <laughs> He insists on it. He only started doing it since the pandemic. Um, so, uh, so okay, so Foxconn would only get paid a, a good amount of the money if they were hitting employee growth quotas. So they fell short in 2019, um, or they were falling short in 2019, but they were making a mad dash to get enough people hired to make tens of millions of dollars that they had <laughs> rightly earned for literally doing nothing. So Foxconn did not hit it in 2018, so they were hell-bent on doing it in 2019. So in December of 2019, Go met with Trump in D.C., and he assured Trump that, quote, he would bring more jobs to Wisconsin. Foxconn needed to have hired at least 520 people, and by the end of the year, they showed that they had employed 550 people. However, they hired 60% of their workers in November and December. So they were clearly just doing that to get the subsidies. There was nothing for them to do. Many of the people just sat in these offices that they were piled into and watched Netflix. One recalls watching all of Game of Thrones to get caught up for the last season. Now, Foxconn... (laughs) And then Foxconn just fires most of them in January after they've served their purpose. However, (laughs) however, I was under the Tony Evers administration, Foxconn was not given the subsidies. And this is what it had come to. Fake hires for a fake business to make real money that wasn't theirs. One employee, quote, the most common misunderstanding with Foxconn uh, is people here thought Foxconn had a strategy to do, uh, to do and a business plan when they were coming into Wisconsin. They did not. They had no plans at all. 
But what Trump either didn't know or didn't care about or a combination of these two was another thing that I talked to Senator uh, Chris Larson about. For Foxconn, it wasn't all about, for Foxconn, it was all about the Trump tariffs and the trade war. The tariffs would affect Foxconn's biggest factory in China and general business model. Chris Larson said, quote, Foxconn has been successful in the illusion that they are investing in America and, and, and that they would get them out of the tariffs grasp. Now, Larson also wanted to make it clear that many people knew this deal stunk from the beginning. He said that it never made sense. It was billed to be a duplicate factory like the largest one in China. But soon Foxconn saw labor costs were higher. Even with a $7.25 minimum wage, that was too much for them, which really shows you how unbelievable they operate in other countries. But the $7.25 minimum wage was too much. And they did it all to curry favor with the administration against China. Foxconn was made to seem like they are, quote, investing in America and a swing state in the district of the Speaker of the House, all at the behest of a governor who needed to create jobs, end quote. That's Chris Larson. So in 2020, that's this year, Dave. I don't, did you know that? Okay. Uh-huh. And this year, Donald Trump was planning a campaign stop to show off what great things Foxconn had accomplished. Unfortunately, they had accomplished nothing. So they hurried to finish building and make it look like they were doing things with fake assembly lines and kiosks. But the big thing that it built was a big, <laughs> large glass sphere building. Now, wait, I want to be the I want to be the guy at the at the company who is is uh, coming up with fake things for people uh, to do because the president is uh, how great. I mean. Okay, guy. Uh, there's a just uh, go around in a wheel, yeah, and just. Now you guys and and say like we're almost All there. Right, we're almost there. Okay. We're almost there. That was good. Uh, you guys, can you lift something? Yeah, uh, I can lift this guy. Should I just lift him? Yeah, right. yeah. I'm gonna lift, lift him. This. Ted, right? Ted, nice be, to meet you. I'm okay. gonna lift Ted a bunch. You guys are good. Uh, can you yeah. guys? I know you don't have books, but can you like read? We could look at our hands like we're reading off of our hands, like we wrote something on our hands. Great. Uh, we would that. have to do it with I pencil, though, and our own pencils, because we're not allowed to... Well, there aren't any company uh, writing devices. We'll just take them out of your bag. Oh, uh, well, that's actually where my third hole goes for breathing. So I don't okay. want to disturb that. They say it might deflate then, and then when ah. I breathe, it sounds like a fart. Okay, we don't no, have farting. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Trump is coming bad. to town. We want to do this right. Uh, you know, guys, I think the main thing to do have... is to look really stressed out and just say deadlines a lot angrily if anyone asks you anything. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I want people walking back and forth. Yeah, just smoking inside is permitted, obviously. Uh, but yeah, and then I think that'll be enough probably to fool him. Do we all feel pretty good about that? I mean, he's a shrewd man. Yeah, I just need, I, I just want this guy to come out and yell, uh, like, Five minutes in to just come out and yell, uh, we signed okay, the deal. Okay, uh, so I'll just... Come. And then everyone cheer. Uh, we signed the deal! Yeah! Okay, good rehearsal. Quiet. Everyone hide. He's coming. <laughs> <laughs> so so they're making this fake company, and and then the thing that they, just because they are like very much Silicon Valleying Wisconsin, they decide that they're just going to build a big glass sphere building. And it's going to look like a mini Epcot Center. And they do. And they build it. And they don't know what to do with it. They still aren't sure what it's going to be used for. It was big. It was dumb. It had nothing inside of it, really, which made it the perfect addition to the Foxconn brand. Uh, Unfortunately, 
the trip was canceled uh, indefinitely due to COVID. Um, but oh. Trump still said Foxconn had built, quote, one of the most incredible plants I've ever seen. And Trump promised even bigger things if reelected, quote, they will do what I tell them to do. He said, if we win, <laughs> if we win the election, Foxconn is going to come into our country with money like no other company has come into our country, which I could read <laughs> over and over again and never tire of. And that's basically where things stand now, David, a company that has fleeced the state of Wisconsin for billions of dollars and given basically nothing in return. To date, Foxconn has built under 2% of the 20 million square feet that it said it would. Oh, and the University of Wisconsin-Madison only got 700000 of the $100 million promised. <laughs> and it happened... Wait, yeah. that's... Is that less? It's a little bit less. I did... I crunched the numbers, and it's not as much as $100 million, 700000 um, and it all happened because of Scott Walker. Six months after leaving the governor's mansion, Scott Walker was hired as the CEO of the Young Americas Foundation, YAF, a group whose mission statement is to, quote, <laughs> increase the number of young Americans who understand are inspired by the ideas of individual freedom, a strong national defense, free enterprise, and traditional values. Which, uh, no, no, no. Uh, the organization owns the Reagan Ranch in California, and Stephen Miller is a YAF alum, if you're looking to see the prototypical dreamboat that they push out. Scott Walker's... So it's fascism. Oh, come on. Stop. That's what the F in YAF stands for. Young American fascism. Uh, now, Scott Walker's salary to work at YAF is about uh, $1 million per year. Now, <laughs> I love that you're laughing at that part. It's just like just America is just the land of you could just be the dumbest motherfucker ever and make so I much know. money. I mean, the number of stupid people who make tons of money in America is incredible. Like if you're, it is if, such a failure. Like of if a you're country. dumb and loud, there's a 70 percent chance you're going to be successful in this country. Oh, yeah. You absolutely. have a great shot. Uh, as far as what else Walker is up to, he continues to champion conservative principles and he tweets at AOC a lot. Look, to understand Scott Walker, you really do have to start with Ronald Reagan. Scott bought into his belief system of smaller government and lower taxes. But Scott really is the ultimate empty suit. Absolutely no ideas beyond shrinking government and a true puppet of the billionaire donors. And that would be bad enough. But what makes this story of Scott Walker so bad is the complete 100% total destructive hypocrisy. For decades... He preached small government and the power of the free market. But when it came down to it, when he needed a political win, he turned to big government and market intervention. And he blew billions of dollars of Wisconsin taxpayers' money in corporate handouts to a ruthless Taiwanese electronical uh, multinational corporation. And he got burned, but not as badly as the people of Wisconsin did. He promised 250,000 jobs in four years. In his full eight years in office, he created a total of 233,101 private sector jobs, falling nearly 17,000 jobs short. And he did a lot of it at the cost of unions. Wisconsin went for Trump in 2016. It did not in 2020. Well, most likely. But on a sweeter note, Scott Walker and his wife, Tanette, still eat at Saz's almost every year on their anniversary slash Reagan's birthday. And they get... What they always get, Dave, what Ronnie would get from Scott's book, Unintimidated, quote, macaroni and cheese casserole and red, white and blue jelly belly jelly beans and have musicians perform patriotic songs and Irish music. It is a wonderful evening. 
and serves as a reminder for me each year to be hopeful and optimistic, just like Ronald Reagan. And that's Scott Walker. Okay, so uh, the, best re- the best reporting for this that I found was um, from uh, Urban Milwaukee. Uh, Bruce Murphy, especially, uh, has done some great reporting. Um, Chris Larson was mm-hmm. very helpful, as well as, uh, I think it's One Wisconsin Now. Yeah, One Wisconsin Now. Uh, is great, and then um, the article that had a lot of the stuff about Foxconn recently that just came out was uh, from The Verge, and it was Josh Ziza, but his name is spelled with a D, so D-Z-I-E-Z-A, Josh Ziza. But uh, Bruce Murphy, Josh Ziza, One Wisconsin Now were the key sources, and then many others, JS Online, Journal Sentinel, um, you know, and uh, yeah, Urban Milwaukee too. There we go. Yay. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, This is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy. The Gareth Army to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th. Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it let's see you there